It's Wednesday, November 15th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, surprising news out of Guardians camp on uh, Tuesday as they prepared for the uh, roster deadline ahead of the Rule 5 draft uh, Major League teams had until 6 o'clock on Tuesday to set their rosters for uh, to, to protect players from uh, who are eligible for the Rule 5 draft. Uh, the Guardians created two spaces uh, on their 40-man roster by cutting loose uh, Michael Kelly, a reliever who uh, had a, a few uh, appearances with the club last year. And uh, what came as a shock is uh, is Cal Quantrill uh, getting cut loose. Uh, Quantrill projected to make about $6.6 million in arbitration next year, but coming off a, a season where he spent two, uh, two stints on the injured list, just uh, – how how surprised were you to see uh, Cal Quantrill's name among the uh, uh, those let loose by the uh, the Guardians ahead of the uh, roster deadline? Yeah, Joe, I almost fell out of my chair when I saw that. I'm uh, you know the, the Guardians, you know when they set when they go about setting a 40 man roster, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, a couple years ago, what they added 11 guys in the Bat Boy to the 40 man, yeah. right? And and last night, all of a sudden, Quantrill, who's just sitting there, you know, okay, he had a bad year, but the year before, you don't you don't win the division without him, and now he's now he's DFA'd, and you know he's out in the the ether right now, waiting to get traded or waiting to become a free agent. Just uh, that was that was a surprise. That was if they wanted to get people's attention, that's the way to do it. And and it became obvious uh, after talking to uh, Chris Antonetti. Uh, this afternoon, uh, prior to recording here, uh, that really the the motivation behind the move uh, had to be purely financial. Uh, the the Guardians are are sort of in a state of flux right now with their uh, with their budget and, and and you know their payroll situation because they don't know whether they're going to have the money from the Bally Sports deal coming in this year. Uh, that's uh, he's repeatedly said that the, you know that situation is uncertain right now. Uh, and, you know, we've seen other teams come out and say that the Twins came out and said that they're going to have to reduce their payroll uh, based on the the, the TV contract uh, issues that they're having as well. Uh, this is a situation where the, the bottom line is being affected by this, and, and that's it results in a completely serviceable pitcher that you wouldn't have cut loose otherwise uh, getting the ax here and, and having to, you know, really – for Quantrill, it's it's an uncertain time because he doesn't know if he's going to get claimed or traded or or uh, or become a free agent. Yeah, Joe, I'm sure they'll be able to trade him. I mean, I'm, they've tried to trade him before, obviously before setting the 40 man, and now I probably I would think they'd lower their sights now and try to get something for Cal instead of letting him walk because you know the, you know. Uh, uh, Chris Antonetti left the door open that if he becomes a free agent, they try to resign him. But, you know, we've we've heard that before. And the free agents that leave Cleveland don't usually come back, especially, you know, initially that that same winter, you know, in the off that winter of their free, first free agency. Well, it's basically asking to take a uh, to take a pay cut. And, and that's not something that uh, players or their agents are, are very keen on doing. So you're not going to see uh, Cal Quantrill come off of probably that projected $6 million, uh, you know, uh, arbitration number. Uh, if he's still under the arbitration process uh, with a new team, you know, that's probably what he'll make. Uh, even though he's coming off a season where, you know, yes, in 2022, he went 15 and five and was, was one of the leaders there 
uh, on that rotation to, that got them to uh, the postseason in, uh, in in 2023. If it could go wrong, it did go wrong early in the year for Cal Quantrill. Uh, but he rebounded and in September really showed uh, that, you know, who he was as a pitcher. And he was he was able to come out there and, uh, you know, give them six innings a start and keep them in ball games. And, you know, he's starting to figure things out with his stuff. Uh, I just uh, this it's it's a curious move. I, I you had heard that they were talking about uh, the possibility of trading Cal Quantrill uh, before all this, you know, in terms of their offseason, uh, you know, moves, uh, trade targets or whatever. Uh, if they couldn't find a, a situation that worked with Bieber, that maybe Quantrill would, would be their uh, their trade target because uh, of the, the salary number. But uh, you just didn't expect that that was going to happen if they weren't uh, if they didn't already make something happen with Bieber. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I kind of this changes the dynamic with Shane Bieber, I think. Don't you think, Joe? I mean, yeah. I don't know if you can you can't trade him now, can you? I mean, your depth is already kind of uh, compromised a little bit. Uh, and now, uh, you know, do you trade your number one guy? I mean, you know, yes, there's some question marks about his health. But and yes, you know, he's a free agent after uh, the 2024 season. But, you know, I think at least they open the season with this guy and and see where they're at at the trade deadline. I had gotten the feeling, uh, you know, heading into the offseason and just with the with the whole health concern uh, issue and and all that. uh, I got the feeling that, you know, they weren't going to trade him at all this offseason unless they get blown away by an out of this world offer by, you know, one of the Southern California teams or something like that. I had the feeling that he was going to start the season on the roster and that they would trade him at the deadline when, you know, they could get something for him at the trade deadline. Uh, and, and you've given your, your young pitchers a chance to come up at some point uh, in the early part of the season and, and assert themselves that way. Uh, and you'll, you'll also have answers uh, about Tristan McKenzie by then. You know, if McKenzie is, is still pitching in July, I think that's a, a plus and maybe you can, and can deal with, Bieber at that time. But uh, yeah, I, I think it, it necessitates that Bieber is on the roster uh, at the start of the season. And, uh, you know, it'll be another, you know, three, four months of that gray cloud hanging over every time we go to talk to Shane Bieber uh, in the back <laughs> of our minds is how long is this guy going to be around? So uh, yeah, it, it, the Cal Quantra move definitely affects uh, Bieber's status with this club. Yeah, Joe, what what do you think of Espino? Are we ever going to see this guy pitch? To me, he's like Bigfoot. You know, you you hear rumors <laughs> about him, but you never see him on the mound. You know, this guy has pitched. He was a number one pick in 2019, and now he's only pitched 130 innings in what four years? He didn't pitch at all in in the you know the 2020 year, the uh, the pandemic. That wasn't his fault. But he didn't pitch last season because of a you know a serious shoulder operation, and he's still recovering from that. I mean, kid's got great talent. He throws the ball through a brick wall, but you know when are we going to see him on the mound? Yeah, and that, that's the big question. And you know, as as much as we haven't seen him, the the evaluators and the you know the scouts they all love him so much that he's still always in that that top five of the uh, the club's farm system. He's he's always. Uh, among the the top five or three uh, you know prospects, uh, even with all the shoulder surgeries and 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 everything, he's six months post uh, post op right now, according to Chris Antonetti. Uh, he's uh, doing a plyo ball program out in Arizona. Uh, hopeful that they can get him to pro- uh, progress to uh, uh, some sort of throwing program here soon, 
and start building up from there. But, uh, you know, with the, sh- the surgery that he had is that that um, shoulder capsule surgery uh, that, you know, you, you you never know that it it's it's really dangerous in terms of your it's career threatening. You never know if you're going to be able to come back and, and, and be the same kind of pitcher that you were. Uh, so they don't have a clear time frame on his return. Uh, I, I would imagine that you're not going to see him uh, pitching in minor league games until uh, well into the season next year. Yeah, I would think after the All-Star break, they've been so, so careful with them. And this guy, you know, he's built like a Greek god. I mean, you know, he's got <laughs> he's got everything, everything, but he can't stay healthy. I mean, he throws 100, you know, he's he's in the high 90s. He strikes out everybody. His, his strikeout-to-walk ratio is off the charts. Uh, but he can't stay healthy. And, uh, and I, j- I just, you know, you pray for the kid because everything I've heard about him, you know, he's, he's the hardest worker. He's a you know, great guy. Uh, but hopefully he gets it back on track. And what, what have you heard about Cade Smith? Well, uh, he's big, he throws hard and he, he strikes out a lot of guys. Uh, so would you want a guy like that in your bullpen? I, I think so. Uh, I think that's why they, uh, they protected him. Uh, so Cade Smith, Daniel Espino were the two uh, uh, minor league players that were added to the 40-man roster uh, yesterday ahead of that deadline. Uh, obviously, Smith, 90-plus uh, strikeouts in 60-some innings uh, between Akron and uh, AAA uh, Columbus last season. Uh, he looks like, uh, you know, maybe one of the first calls uh, <laughs> when the bullpen is in, in need of an arm next year. Uh, you can see him up with this club. Uh, at some point, uh, if not early in the season, then definitely at some point later on. Yeah, he's like a cookie cutter for the Cleveland bullpen. He's 6'5", about 230. Everybody in that bullpen is built like that. They're like uh, the offensive line for the for the Browns. So, uh, you know, he throws hard. So, you know, he, he had like 14 saves last season. So he can pitch late. We know, we, you know, at least that in the in the high minors, we've seen that. And he pitched with Quantrill in in uh, the WBC uh, in for Canada in uh, in March. Well, you, you, by cutting uh, Quantrill loose, you you uh, you reduce the um, the the number of Canadian players in that clubhouse by 33 percent. So you're going to need to restore that with uh, with Cade Smith. But uh, yeah, I I just think uh, oh Hoinsey, uh six five two thirty. I don't I don't know. You're you might be living in the uh, the fifties. Uh, in terms of your your Browns lineman uh, size, yeah, uh, that's uh, true. Uh, I am. Yeah. Nowadays, nowadays those big boys are up over three hundred, well over three hundred pounds. That's so, right. Uh, Hoinsey remembers the good old days where uh, where they had to go back to uh, working day jobs in the off season. Uh, no, yeah, well, you've got what Stefan uh, Henches, uh, you know, all these guys who are up over, you know, six foot five, six foot six, and and you know, just big boys that that throw hard. Uh, I think uh, Kate Smith, when he arrives, will definitely fit in. Uh, he fits the that description and that profile uh, uh, for sure. Uh, some of the names of Guardians minor leaguers that did not uh, get added to the 40-man roster and, and who are therefore uh, exposed uh, when the Rule 5 draft does come around. Uh, some, some names that are recognizable, uh, Tanner Burns. A, uh, a, a draft pick uh, the year that uh, I believe Gavin Williams was taken. He was taken in that same draft. Uh, Ethan Hankins, who was, uh, you know, was on the fast track before he got hurt uh, and, and had to, I, I believe he had to have Tommy John surgery, and he's working his way back. 
uh, Lenny Torres, uh, Josh Wolf, who was uh, part of the return, I believe, in the Francisco Lindor trade. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's he's out there. He's exposed. Um, position player wise, uh, Brian Lavastida is is now exposed, uh, and this is a guy who you know had uh, a cup of tea with the uh, the major league club and has been he's been DFA'd. He's been re-signed. He's you know, been around the club for a while. Uh, he's probably at the point where he could probably get uh, taken on somebody's uh, major league roster and 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 stored, uh, stowed away there and and uh, you know maybe spend the season as as a backup catcher if he's ready to do that. Uh, Micah Prees, Aaron Bracco, Aaron Bracco, uh, the uh, you know the other signing uh, that uh, that same year that uh, they signed uh, Brian Rocchio. Uh, in the international class, uh, he and Rocchio were uh, signed at the same time. Uh, Rocchio's obviously taken off a little bit uh, faster than than Brian uh, Aaron Bracco. Uh, Jose Devers, uh, an infielder, I, I I believe he's the the brother of uh, uh, um, the Raphael. yeah Rafael Devers in uh, in Boston. Uh, Diane Frias, who played in the World Baseball Classic uh, last year, Gabriel Rodriguez and Wilfredo Antunez. Uh, also, uh, you know, among those those names uh, who are out there, these are all guys who, uh, you know, could go the way of uh, uh, Oscar Gonzalez being exposed. And, you know, uh, if they don't get taken, come back and, and make their debuts. And and we're all left, you know, scratching our heads as to, you know, why they were ever exposed in the first place. So uh, we'll see uh, what happens with the, the rest of those guys in the uh, farm system. Uh we we mentioned here uh, as as part of our, our discussion about Cal Quantrill uh, the the Bally's contract. What's the latest on uh, that? And and you know I know you spoke to Chris Antonetti on on Friday. Just uh, what's the latest there and and what uh, what we think is going to happen uh, moving forward with the season with Bally's. Well, the, the, I think, uh, you know, this obviously, like we said before, it played into the fact that, you know, Quantrill was DFA'd. They have a lot of uncertainty about their uh, TV, local TV contract with Bally Sports slash uh, Diamond Sports Group. Uh, they made, uh, you know, DSG was ordered by the bankruptcy court to honor its contract with Cleveland last season and they uh, Cleveland received about 55 million dollars in uh, you know in in TV uh, fees and uh, they're looking for the same thing this this in 2024 because their contract extends through 2027 but uh you know major league baseball uh has uh you know petitioned the bankruptcy court to you know get an answer a yes or no answer regarding the 2024 season on whether they're going to play you know Cleveland or honor their contracts or and uh you know with Cleveland and several other clubs uh and they still haven't heard word from that you know Joe like for the national the national TV contracts each team receives about 60 million a year uh, and those were new contracts last season. So, but you know, the, the, a team like Cleveland really needs the extra in, income from their uh, local TV contract. And uh, you know, that's, since that is, that creates more uncertainty, and that creates more uncertainty with uh, the kind of team Cleveland can put together. Yeah, it, it goes du- it directly impacts the uh, their ability to fill out their uh, their, their payroll uh, and what the budget is. Uh, in that regard. And, and Chris Antonetti told us this afternoon, uh, pretty much he said that much is, is that it will affect 
their ability to look externally in terms of, uh, you know, whether or not they can they can add to the roster in that way. Uh, we, we don't we just don't know yet. Uh, I want to remind our listeners, uh, you know, as soon as we know uh, anything about the Bally's contract, anything about uh, free agents, uh, signings, uh, releases, trades, uh, it all goes on subtext first. You can be part of our subtext com- subtext community uh, and send us text messages directly. Uh, my, me and Hoinsey are, uh, are are constantly uh, you know posting to the uh, the subtext uh, uh, subscribers. Uh, subscribe for uh, $3.99 a month uh, by going to cleveland.com/subtext or by sending a text message to 216-208-4346. Uh, before we get going here, I want to mention uh, Tanner Bybee and his uh, runner-up finish uh, in the uh, Rookie of the Year balloting. Uh, Bybee got 20 of the uh, possible 30 second-place votes uh, behind unanimous first-place winner uh, Gunnar Henderson of uh, the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Henderson became the 13th unanimous Rookie of the Year. Uh, last time Cleveland had a unanimous Rookie of the Year it was Sandy Alomar. He was the last Rookie of the Year. Uh, most recent uh, in 1994, Cleveland. Uh, they've been close a couple of times. I think Lindor was the last runner-up in, in 2015. Uh, so, so good news for Bybee. The the better news for Bybee, he uh, he earns a full season of Major League Service time. A, a full 172 games uh, is the, um, the, the equivalent there for uh, Bybee, who had, I believe, 158 days uh, after getting called up in late April. Uh, but that gets him a step closer to free agency now, and uh, that's always uh, the goal for any uh, any major league player. Uh, Got to be a, a good feeling for Bybee uh, to finish in second place ahead of Tristan Casas from uh, Boston. I think uh, you know a lot of people were thinking maybe Casas or, or even uh, Josh Young from Texas uh, would have been up there uh, in second place, but it was uh, it was Bybee after a ten and three season. Yeah, just uh, he had a great year, and and I really like this uh, this clause in the in the new contract, Joe. Uh, like we've talked about before, it prevents teams from well, it gives it gives the player a chance to avoid being having his service time uh, manipulated. Now it's only a specific few players. You got to finish first or second, you know, in in the rookie of the year, or or I think what thir- first through third or fourth in the MVP and Cy Young voting, something mm-hmm. like that. But 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 they get that you know now you can't play the the club can't play games with uh, Bybee you know he's got the full year and like if before without this clause he would have had the 158 159 days whatever it was but he they, the, the team would have still gained a seventh year of control over him that right. wouldn't have counted as a full year so now he's got you know uh, he's well on you know he's one year into a six year program to become a free agent and one year into a become ineligible for arbitration uh, after three seasons or two plus seasons where he is uh, a super two guy. Right. And, and, and it's, it's good for the player in, in that regard that they're closer to free agency faster. Uh, the, the teams actually are able to earn uh, additional draft picks. If, uh, if these guys uh, qualify by being listed on uh, preseason top 100 lists. And I believe Bybee was, uh, a member of of the MLB pipeline and the baseball perspective uh, prospectus uh, top 100 list. So uh, he, he qualified that way. But the Guardians aren't going to get uh, an extra draft pick because he wasn't on the roster from day one of the season. So that's how that program worked. It, it worked that way for the, the Mariners the previous year 
when Julio Rodriguez was on the roster from day one and and won the rookie of the year uh, that earned Seattle an extra draft pick. And that's what that incentive uh, meant to uh, for Seattle. So it, it it makes the teams want to promote and uh, keep their their top players, their top young players on the roster earlier in the season than they would have, uh, you know, the, the situation with Bo Naylor is a prime example. Had Bo Naylor been on the roster from day one last year and gone on and finished second in uh, the, the the rookie of the year voting, then he would have uh, he would have earned Cleveland one of those uh, sandwich draft picks between the first and second round. Yeah, and and Bobby also gets a bonus, right? Is it five hundred five hundred thousand dollars from the uh, from that uh, rookie and and first or second year player uh, bonus pool? So yeah, uh, and that was something that didn't exist a few years ago. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of interesting the way that that they negotiated that they each side gets a little, you know, the the, the <laughs> owners wouldn't give give it up totally, and uh, so they have to get a draft pick, but you know, two or three or four or five players, you know, kind of are compensated, uh, you know, with a with a year service time and some extra dough. All right, uh, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We will check in again. Uh, as we continue counting down players on our uh, 40-man roster, we're going to have to reshuffle the, uh, uh, you know, the 40-man the roster and, and <laughs> who, uh, who we're evaluating here uh, heading into the offseason because we had already talked about Cal Quantrill uh, earlier, uh, and uh, now what to expect for Cal Quantrill? Get expected for a different team uh, in, in 2024 for sure. Uh, Hoinsey, we will check in with you again on Thursday. All right, Joe.